Welcome to Twin Peaks Radio, the show where we remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, a real mystery can't be solved, not completely. It's always just out of reach, like a light around the corner. You might catch a glimpse of what it reveals, feel its warmth, but you can't know the heart of it. Not really. That's what gives it value. It can't be cracked. It's bigger than you and me, bigger than everything we know. I'm Professor Robert E.G. Black, and I can't imagine this episode will be very long because I don't think I'm even going to get through a scene. That's something I was going to include last week, and then I saved it, and it stands well enough on its own, it should be its own episode. So we're in the interior of the Great Northern Hotel, Seattle's Keanu Lodge posing as the Great Northern. I guess technically it's outside Seattle. Took me a ferry ride and a bus ride and a walk to get there. Anyway. Benjamin Horn is talking, and being translated into Norwegian. Clean, wholesome environment, much like your very own, with a quality of life to rival the very best that this country has to offer. And that is what the Ghostwood Country Club and Estates will be. He's pointing at a map. I need to double-check the DVD copy, see if I can see this map more clearly. It means at some point there was an official map of the town, produced for the show. He continues. Now, when I first spoke to Sven, he was naturally very concerned about the quality of air. Which is... This is a weird conversation. This is why I wanted to get stuck here. Is that the concern? Is Sven concerned about the quality of the air in this rural town in northeast Washington? Why would anyone be worried about the air? It's clearly not a big city. It's certainly not a big city like Los Angeles, New York where the air quality is more obviously problematic. But it makes for this awkward translation. If you permit me, Sven, he points out Sven Jorgensen, seems to be the leader of this group of Norwegian businessmen, to repeat what you told me after your run. My air sacs takes a deep breath, he pounds his chest, have never felt so good. And the translator repeats it. But he doesn't say air sex. He says lung sex. Notably, if you aren't a native Norwegian speaker in, like, Norway, this guy's accent is not Norwegian. I mean, he's playing a translator, so he doesn't have to have arrived with the Norwegians. But also, he's specifically played by Ed Egerdahl, who lived in Seattle. And I wanted to spend a moment and tell you about Ed Egerdahl. This is from 14th August 2012 a blog out of Seattle called Nearby Norwegians. The universe has aligned itself such that I'm considering taking Norwegian language classes this fall at the Scandinavian Language Institute in Ballard, Seattle, Washington. The institute, which was begun 30 years ago by Ed Eckerdahl, has been attended by hundreds throughout the Puget Sound and beyond. Below is a piece that I wrote in 2004 when I first encountered Ed and his talent for making the language come alive. Lucy. That's Lucy J. Baker Johnson, one of five authors of this blog. An airline flight attendant from Mesa, Arizona, makes a weekly junket to Seattle. Her harried schedule involves flying to SeaTac Airport every Tuesday, then taking a city bus to the Scandinavian neighborhood known as Ballard in order to take a two-hour Norwegian language class. That same evening, she returns to SeaTac in time for the last flight back home to Mesa. She's made this junket for the past six months in order to learn from the best. Ed Egerdahl, director of the Scandinavian Language Institute. Ed, 
a 45-year-old first-generation Norwegian-American who comes to class dressed comfortably in blue jeans and tennis shoes, has slightly graying hair. He's a 1978 graduate of the University of Washington's College of Education with a degree in Norwegian. He remarks with a glimmer in his eye that he is the first and only student to have ever graduated with this degree from the UW. He began his career by teaching Norwegian at Seattle's Ballard and Lincoln High Schools, then went on to establish the Scandinavian Language Institute in 1981. Over the past 22 years, his journey has touched the lives of over 2,000 people. What's interesting to me is that students that I've met along the way, I've met them where they are, not on their way to something else. In all the years that I've been doing this, I have several dozen students who have been with me the entire 20 years. We've simply grown old together, Ed reminisces. I've been with students as they've gotten married, had their babies, buried their spouses, and married off their children. I'm now into second and third generations with the same families. Together, many of us have buried those who have been students. It's simply part of real life. Ed teaches 170 students each quarter in 14 classes, taking each class on what he calls a wildly interesting ride. The ride is his unique style of teaching, different from the traditional classroom instruction at most colleges and universities. It's been a long time ago now that I decided the only way I could keep doing this was if I could be learning something at the same time that I'm teaching. His week begins with the advanced class, talking about what Norwegians are talking about. For example, this fall, his students discussed the Norwegian women's soccer team who won the gold at the 2000 Olympics. And the talk of the Norwegian crown, prince, 
who is contemplating marriage to a woman who has a child from a previous marriage. As the week progresses, Ed continues this dialogue with the other 13 classes. This helps his students to build their vocabulary and develop their understanding of Norway and Norwegians today, not just a snapshot in history. That's where you end up with your best kind of conversational thing. It's not standing at the ticket window asking directions. It's sitting around the coffee table, where second cousins get to know each other, says Ed. It's the most practical things that can be used in all kinds of situations. It starts his beginner's class with a simple question. Why are you here? The responses are as varied as his students. One woman responds, I'm taking a trip to Norway and want to learn a few words. A 20-year-old man says, I just landed a job with a fishing company in Ballard, and all of the correspondence is in Norwegian. I need help. An older gentleman says, My grandfather came from Norway, but I don't know from where. I want to be able to read the Norwegian census records. A shy young woman says, with a twinkle in her eye, I just got engaged to a gorgeous Norwegian guy. We're taking our honeymoon to Oslo to meet his parents. And so it goes, around the room, each one answering Ed's question. The last student, a mature woman in her early 50s, shares, My immigrant father was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Her eyes brim with tears as she continues. His doctor recommended that I take a language class to help him when he begins to revert to his native tongue, Norwegian. Every student has their own reason for coming each week to learn Norwegian from this fun-loving expert. In addition to his rigorous teaching schedule, beginning on Monday with the advanced class and ends on Saturday morning with the kids' class, Ed also accepts translating assignments. For the past two and a half years, he has worked with a Seattle-based architectural firm who won the bid for a very large reconstruction job in Oslo, Norway. He has been translating all of their bylaws, articles of incorporation, job specifications, and other business items into Norwegian for them. One of his most memorable experiences was 10 years ago when he received a phone call from a casting company that wanted to know if he did Norwegian translations. He said yes, and when he went to Pioneer Square to meet the caller, he learned that they were looking for a Norwegian interpreter for a role in a movie directed by David Lynch. He interviewed with Mr. Lynch, who cast him as the Norwegian interpreter in the pilot show for Twin Peaks. It was two days worth of shooting, the pilot for the TV series. So I'm in the video stores. I've been typecast as the Norwegian interpreter. Ed laughs. As Ed reflects on his life to this point, he says, It both amazes me and amuses me that I've been able to sustain the momentum for so long. After 22 years, I can say that I'm still teaching my thing my way. I can't think of anyone I'd rather work for. When asked where things go from here, Ed says, I'll keep doing it as long as I keep having fun doing it. As for the woman whose father has Alzheimer's, Ed recalled that she was in his class later in the quarter asking, Ed, how do I say swallow? I can't get my dad to swallow his food. Ed smiles as he remarks, That's what it's all about. If I teach nothing else, if I can teach her how to tell her dad to swallow, then I've made a difference in that one person's life. Who knows what he's doing? This translator is doing the translation. But I think the way we got to air sacs is either on the part of David Lynch, and he insisted, or it's on the part of Benjamin Horn, and so David Lynch insisted. Air sacs is a misunderstanding, a sort of joke about mistranslation. When trying to figure out what Sven was saying, Somehow they settled on air sacs, and Ben decided he was going to quote that later, because it was quaint. It was simple. Then the question becomes, 
Why do the Norwegians find it funny? Why do we? Or maybe, as long as we do find it funny, it's fun, and we keep watching. Remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, mystery is the most essential ingredient of life. Mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Peaks Radio, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Twin Peaks Radio, or join the Facebook group Lemming Drops Studio Tour. Also, you can support all my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. The owls may not be what they seem, but they still serve an imperative function. They remind us to look into the darkness.